Welcome, welcome. It is great to see you. What great worship. It is great to have you at all of our campuses. We are so excited. We're about to make a move that they know about North and they know at Campbell, but we're about to make sort of one of our homegrown boys, Brandon Dunford, and his wife, Lynch, are going to be moving and leading the Campbell County campus. So Campbell County, we're excited. We love you. We're ecstatic. North Knoxville, uh, Brandon did a great job over there as, your, as you know, your campus coordinator and producer, and he's growing, and we're thrilled about them. Welcome with you guys. Also, our blunt, Anderson County, internet, literally all over the world. We're so excited that you're with us. We apologize that last weekend we had some technical difficulty, and so we did not have our internet campus. So let me tell you, we heard about that. Because we've got people that are connected, your family, your friends, some of our military, some of them are missionaries, and so we're so excited. Also, God Behind Bars, welcome, Bledsoe County. We're thrilled to see you guys. Let me tell you, our Bledsoe County campus meets on Sunday evening, and last week, Pastor Josh, our executive pastor, went and just watched Steve Massey's the campus pastor, volunteer, one of our volunteer staff guys, doing an unbelievable job over there. But as, as they were talking, after the service was over, a gentleman walked up to Josh and said, hey, we're, we're so excited y'all are here. We've had a lot of ministries, but we've never had a chance to go to church. And we now have a church. And the guy said, you know, I didn't know what I would do. He said, I literally have been incarcerated. I didn't have any brothers and sisters. All my family's dead. And he said, I didn't know what I would do when I got out. He said, now I know I have a family at Faith Promise Church. So you better believe you do. We love you guys. So excited about y'all. So it's just, it's thrilled to be a part of what God is doing. It is so exciting. You know, you read the news, churches are dying, and, and millennials, young adults don't go to church, and it's horrible. Thank God that we've got the anointing of the Lord is resting on our church, and grateful to God for what he's doing. Now, so let me ask you a question. And this question matters, and I know how you're going to answer it, but it's going, we're going to put your answer, we're going to put some beat to the feet. Does, do we serve a God who loves to bless his kids? Yes. Are y'all sure about that? Yes. Well, let me ask you a second question then, right behind that. Do you think you, as a child of God, can hinder the hand of God's blessing in your life? Yes. Excuse me. Yes. Absolutely. No question. You know, the, the Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, and we love to give gifts to our kids, don't we? How much more does your heavenly Father love to give? And even of the Holy Spirit of those that ask. And so God loves to give. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to do something just really super for your kids? Just wanted to do it, and they did something, and you weren't, they didn't know what you were going to do, and you couldn't do it? Has that ever happened to y'all? I believe that happens to God and us. And, and I, I've told the story before, but probably the, as far as my three kids, the gift, I, I bought Micah a Corvette. I was at a Corvette show. I sold a car we built. I build and mess with plastic cars, if you're new. And, uh, and, and so I was, we, we sold a car, and Micah was almost 16, and I said, if I sell this car, I'm going to buy Micah one at this show because you can buy them really cheap. And I bought all my buddies where we said, you are crazy to get that kid a Corvette. Well, they were right. <laughs> Three and a half weeks later, after he turned 16, that Corvette, he called me and said, Dad, I've had a little accident. In the Corvette? Yes. 
well, where are you at? I'm, I'm about three blocks from Carnes High School where he went. And I, I, I wasn't far. I got there. There were Corvette pieces in trees. There was red plastic fiberglass everywhere. But I couldn't wait to get it home from that trip to give that to him. I just, I was so, literally, when I pulled in my driveway, tears were running down my cheek because I so wanted to give that to him. And I believe God so loves to bless his kids. But sometimes we hinder the hand of God. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief, the devil comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they, you and I, might have what? And have it? Abundantly. Abundant means more or to exceed a given number to prosper. That's what the word means. So, so let me ask you a question. It's on the screen. Shouldn't we as saints, as children of God, have an abundance mindset? Do we serve a God who has everything? Then again, as we've talked about for three weeks, we live in a region that is a region of the, of the greatest poverty in America. We live in that region, and without knowing it, that has affected and infected many of us. Where our thing for this year is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith it is? It's what? Impossible to please God because those who come, those who come to us must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder. The Greek word rewarder means one who gives wages. That he is a rewarder of those who seek him. But if we allow a spirit of poverty that rules in this region to rule in our hearts and our home, if we allow it to infect us and infill us and instill in us and give us the wrong mindset, then it will hinder the hand of God because we won't have the faith to believe that God can do it. And without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. And so, it, it, and so we've got to make sure that we understand all that's going on. And, and that we don't allow a, a wilderness, a, a wilderness mentality to hinder and block like the Israelites did when they left Egypt were coming into the promised land. Now, we've lived in a region of, of generation after generation of poverty. They had 10 generations of slavery. That's all they knew. Mamma and Papa, great-grandma, great-great-great-great-great-great-great, all were slaves, and that was, it was, that was instilled. And many of us have lived in a, in a way and an experience in a family and a region that has instilled in us a mindset of poverty. And that mindset blocks the blessings of God. The thief comes for three reasons. To do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the ways he does it, he robs us of our future, of our faith, by infecting us with fear and a poverty mindset. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going to be rich, although on a global scale, everybody at all of our campuses this weekend is rich. When we look at the globe, when a billion people only make a dollar a day, Man, when you look at global, if you've not left American shores, you've never seen adject poverty. And you say, God, that is so heartless. Go with me to the, to, to the dumps in India where tens of thousands of people live, where they pick through the garbage every day. And, and, and we have so much in America that we've never even seen that kind of stuff unless you go. See, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy Matter of fact, when Jesus got to Nazareth in the middle of his ministry, the Bible says he did not do many miracles like he was doing everywhere else because the people in Nazareth didn't have any what? 
They didn't have any faith. See, our lack of faith hinders God's hand. Be it done to you according to your faith. Speak to that which is not as though it is. Are y'all with me? And so we are people of faith. We are saved by faith. We are blessed by faith. We walk by faith and not by flesh. But, but a spirit of poverty will cause us to settle. Have y'all seen the, the cell phone commercial of the settlers? Man, it can, that's, that's, what I, I, that's what we do. People that are blessed, that have, that have been born again, but we settle. We, we, it, no, it's a cable TV deal. I don't know I remember. We're settlers. We're settlers. We settle for less. How many saints really do settle for less than God's best? Would y'all agree with that? And so don't think about somebody else. Think about you and where you are. See, again, that first generation settled in the wilderness and didn't go in the promised land because their faith and their lack of faith hindered what God wanted to do. And I believe this. We who are born again, many of us settle for less emotionally. We've got a series coming up called Madness. It's going to be in alignment. I can't wait after Easter. We settle, we settle for uh, it relationally. We settle for it financially. We settle for it physically. We settle for it. I, I'd have talked to people and say, well, I'm just never going to be healthy. Well, why? I'm like, well, my family's never been healthy. I'll never be healthy. Does that sound right to y'all? Well, I'm always going to be poor and broke. Does that, can you find that in the Bible? But see, we settle. We're settlers. We settle for less because we're afraid and we've never seen. So well, that's for somebody else. But listen, in Jesus' name, we are going to move past our past into a new normal. Does that make sense? Past our past into a new normal. And that spirit of poverty we're going to pull down that has been hindering the work of God and what God wants to do, not just in your life or your family, that spirit of poverty hinders us at faith promise from all that God wants us to accomplish as a congregation. Does that make sense? See, I mean, there are a lot of other things that God wants us to do, and we have to say we can't do that. You know, our people don't make much money, and our people this, and we can't do what other people can do. That's just, that's just wrong, isn't it? Because, listen, I believe God wants everyone to be a conduit that he can pour blessing in and blessing goes out. We never are blessed to keep it and hoard it. We are always a blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. You go back even in the Old Testament. That's why he started Israel. Abraham, your seed is going to be a blessing to the nations. We are always to be a witness and always to be a blessing. So this is what it's time for. If you're ready, it is time to quit blaming. If you play the blame game, you'll always lose. It's time to quit blaming our, pre our parents. I don't care if they're dead broke or Hugh Hefner, Howard Hugh, I don't know, somebody rich. I think there's a rich guy in the press, but I'm not going to mention his name. I made enough people mad last weekend by saying something about Bernie Sanders. So, man, y'all need to quit getting your panties in a wad about political stuff. By the way, man, dadgum, come on. Let me just stop here for a second and just share all the love I can muster with y'all. Because this is what people say, well, you can't be saved and vote Democrat, or you can't be saved and vote Republican. You can be saved and vote either way. Amen. Come on, listen. Man, Jesus doesn't ride a donkey. He doesn't ride an elephant. He's not worried about Donald Trump. He's not wringing his hands about Hillary or Bernie. He's not worried about Ted Cruz. He rides the winds of the, the wings of the wind, and he is enthroned in heaven. And it, let me tell you, we're above. Come on. So, dang. 
Quit sending me emails that you're mad. Are you with me? Frankly, Scarlett. All right, let's roll here. Here's the deal. (laughs) Calm down, Chris. Michelle's giving me ugly looks from the front row. It's time to quit blaming our parents, our past, your current economic situation. You don't understand where we're at. We can't give. We can't do anything. We're stuck. You're not, you're, or your experiences, your education. Well, I don't have an education. Man, you just don't understand. Listen, do you know, do you know that there are people that are painters that make $100,000 a year? Do you know there's carpet layers that make $100,000 a year? Do you know there are electricians that make $100,000? Actually, do you know so many people going to college, they now can't find people to work with their hands? Are you with me? And so, I don't, I don't, don't tell, well, I don't have an education. Man, get some initiative. Amen? Come on. The education, listen, quit blaming the neighborhood you live in, the neighborhood that you grew up in. Quit blaming your past. Quit blaming people. Receive what God has. Our God is so much bigger. All the world is God's and the glory that is in the universe is God's. Our God is vast. Our God is, is humongous. Come on. Wow, come on. But here's the deal. If you, if you keep accepting excuses, God just spoke this to me in my quiet time. If you accept excuses, you will enable and empower the spirit of poverty to dominate you and keep you captive. If you enable it and allow it. Are you with me? And excuses enable it. You don't understand. Man, I, you don't understand where I came from. I, listen, where you came from is not too big or too bad for God. I grew up in East Lake. They were called the buzzards. You know what I'm talking? In reading group, when I grew up, you know, they had the bluebirds and the redbirds. I was in the buzzards. And so it doesn't matter where you came from. It matters that God wants to bless you. So what we want to do as we wrap up this series is put ourselves in a position of blessability. Does that make sense? Blessability. Again, we talked about the wilderness mentality. God sends Moses. Listen, miracle after miracle after miracle, right? And if you read the story, everything happened in Egypt, but none of it happened in Goshen, where the Jewish people lived. God put a protective bubble around them while the Jews were, I mean, the the Egyptians were decimated. Fire came, 100-pound hell balls. Man, flies came, frogs came. It's crazy. And then Moses asked asked Pharaoh, when do you want me to let the frogs go? And he said, tomorrow. The Pharaoh said, give me one more night with the frogs. Is that absolutely stupid? If Moses said, hey, Chris, when do you want the frogs gone? Yesterday, baby, yesterday. I'm a little impatient. But see, that wilderness mentality of, four, of, of, of 10 generations of slavery. Last time, I want you to get this. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to give you the story. In Matthew chapter 25, I talked about the, the, the parable of the talents. You remember? The owner of the land calls in three servants. He gives one servant five bags of gold. He gives one servant two bags of gold. And he gives one servant one bag of gold. According to their ability, he gave them the gifts. And then the master goes on a long journey and comes back which is what Jesus did. Jesus gave us, gave us gifts. He's gone on a long journey. When he comes back, he wants to know what we did with what he gave us. Is that right? 
So the, so the owner comes back. He calls the servants into accounting, Romans chapter 14, 12, so that every one of us will give an account of himself to God. They line up. The one that had, well, had five bags of gold said, I've got ten. He said, way to go, boy! I knew you'd do a good job. I've entered the joy of your master. You have been faithful and little. I'm going to make you real over much. The guy that had two bags came up and said, I took your two bags, and I now have four bags. And he said, boy! I knew you could do it. You doubled it. Enter into the joy of your master. You've been faithful over little. I'm going to make you ruler over much. The one that had one bag, a spirit of poverty, by the way, said, I was afraid. And I went and I dug a hole and I put your money in the hole. I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seeds. So I hid your money and here you have your money back here. You have what is yours. He didn't do anything with what the master gave him. And he said, you wicked and lazy slave. You should have at least put my money in the bank. And when I got back, came back, I would have got my money with interest. Take the bag away from the one that had one and give it to the one that had which one? Ten. Now the guy's got to give it to the one that's got ten bags of gold now. Because he that has little what he has will be taken away or given to him that has much. If you have a spirit of poverty, here's the deal. What you have will be taken away and it will give it to someone who has a spirit of abundance. Does that make sense? That's why the rich get and the poor get. That's exactly why. And so what we have to do is realize what's going on. So now imagine. Okay, it's a bad scene for the dude that had one talent. Is that right? Okay, here's the deal. Let me ask you a question. What if the master would have given the third servant a do-over? Because what the master said is, take the wicked, lazy slave and throw him in the place of outer darkness where there's weeping and asking and teeth. Now, I don't know what that is, but it sounds bad to me. <laughs> so what if the master said, hey, wait a minute, wait, 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 come back. All three of you guys, come back. You that had five bags, you got 11, go take the 11 and invest them. You that had four, you had two, you got four, go. Hey, you, did, you had one, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you a mulligan, a do-over. Mulligan is a golfing term. It means you did a really bad shot, you drop another golf ball and you hit it, say mulligan. I dropped so many, you think I'm Scottish. <laughs> I don't, Old Testament golf is by the rules. I play grace golf. Are you? I'm a New Testament golfer. I'm all about some grace up here in the house when I play golf. So, so here's, here's the deal. And you guys that play with me know that. And so, and so what would happen, here's the crux. I want you to get this. What would happen if the master would have said, you get another shot? What do you think that third servant would have done? You think he would have gone out, dug another hole, and put that bag in the, in the ground? No, at minimum, he'd have gone and put it in the bank. Or he just said, I'm going to try to make some money this time because that outer darkness stuff is not where I want to go. So, so, so here's the deal. Yesterday really did end last night. And today really is a brand new day. You get a do-over. We get to start fresh and new today. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, uh, oh man, I meant to say 11. I'm sorry, that's the wrong verse. I gave him the wrong verse. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 is, is about faith. And I should have it memorized, but it's not rolling into my Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. My bad, tech guys. Faith is the assurance of things not seen, of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is not about where you are. It's about where you're going. It's not about what you have. It's about what you're going to do. Does that make sense? 
That's what faith is. So let me give you one more time about a spirit of poverty. This is what we're going to do with it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 is what we're going to do. Though we walk in the flesh, we're in these bodies, we do not war, spiritual warfare, according to the flesh. That's how the world is, terrorism, it's armies. That's how we fight. For the weapons of our warfare, believers, are not of the flesh, but they are divinely what? Powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And a spirit of poverty is a fortress in your mind that the devil owns the key to. Steal, kill, and destroy. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every what? Captive to the obedience of Christ. Here's the deal. So let's just, let's just stop right now. God, we come to you right now, and you know who in all of our campuses this weekend is struggling with the spirit of poverty. You told us that we have power. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, we reach in and we pull down that fortress, that stronghold. We are taking those thoughts captive, that spirit of poverty that you can't bless, God, and that they'll always be in a horrible situation. And we uproot that by the Word of God and the power of God. We right now just lasso that and we tear down that fortress. And so, Father, in the spiritual realm, you are pulling down a spirit of poverty. And now what we're going to do in the next few minutes, oh God, would you help us lay a foundation in our minds, a Romans chapter 12, that, that we be transformed in, the, in our mind, be renewed, not to the old but to the new, not to a poverty but to an abundance. God, you want to use us and bless us. We believe it and we receive it. And if you agree with it, give a shout amen. amen. All right, so here's the deal. New normal. New normal means new process. We've said it a thousand times. Insanity is doing the same thing you've always done and wanting to get something different. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. So it's a new normal. Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 6. Faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For who comes to God must believe that he is. Is God? Is God a rewarder of those that seek him? Is he? Are we seekers of God? Okay, without faith is impossible. Please, God, and faith is a verb. Faith is action. It's doing something. See, we think faith is learning more theology. We think faith is hearing more sermons. We think faith is doing something. It says in Romans, it is not that there's not those that hear the word of God that are just before God, but those that do the word of God that are just before God. Faith is action. Amen. The wilderness mentality, that first generation did give them the promise because they refused to take the action when God told them to take the action. Does that make sense? See, faith is not a theological question or a discussion. It is action. Last week, if you missed Pastor Matt's uh, testimony in the middle of the message last weekend about his spirit of poverty, he had to do some action. He had to, he had to have somebody outside, which was his wife, Carmen, begin to say, we're not going to live like we've lived. So here's the deal. Pull the card out that's in your seat, if you would. Let's pull the card out. Here's the, deal. the first way we're going to start. A bunch of y'all need to sign up for the financial classes. So pull the card out. Give me a wave. Every campus. Come on. Let me see them. There you go, Campbell. Come on. Let's see him. There you go, Anderson. Here we go. All right. If you need some instruction in helping you get to a new normal, last year I forgot how many tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars of debt were paid off in the, in the classes that Aaron had for us. I don't even remember how much it was. But listen, if you need it, I want you to sign up right now. 
Sign up. I like to take the classes uh, on biblical practical ways to manage money. Sundays or Wednesdays, put your name, your email, your phone number, a number you answer. <laughs> if you're not going to answer it, just don't fill the card out. We have better things to do than call you 24 times. Are you with me? Are you with me? So, so go ahead right now and just fill that out while we're rolling. Just go ahead and do it. Now, do we want to be blessable? Can God, can our God move in our lives and bless? Can God do it? I, I, can God do it? Yes. All right, then it is the revealed will of God that God wants to bless his children. John 10, 10, that we walk in abundance. It's all the way through. He's done it. But let me give you a biblical principle. It's on the screen. A biblical action, faith, that will pulverize a spirit of poverty and get rid of a lack of faith is generosity and obedience. Do y'all believe that? See, generosity and obedience to God and God's word will, will absolutely tumble a spirit of poverty and will pumble a lack of faith. You, the greatest way that God has grown my faith in 34 years is financially. My greatest battle with money has not been multi-million dollar projects that we've done here. My greatest battle with money was $20. When I was going, I, I just, uh, I was working and we had a short week and I didn't make much money and my tithe was $20. But if I tithed that Sunday at East Lake Baptist Church, I was working in Smyrna, I was going to either have to not eat one whole day or I was going to have to sleep in my car working four tens. Or I was going to sleep in my car because I didn't have enough money to stay at the hotel. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, we were four tens. I didn't have enough money. So it was either going to not eat or not sit in the hotel. All weekend, it was a battle royale. Are y'all with me? We're talking about WWF SmackDown. Are you ready to rumble? Every minute I changed my mind. Okay, God, I'm going to give that. No, God, I'll double up next week because it's going to be a whole week. When I get back, I promise I'll give more. Then it was a battle. Have y'all ever, ever had this kind of battle? Battle, battle. I, Sunday morning, I didn't do it. Sunday night, I mean, I've got my car picked. I'm packed. I'm leaving Chattanooga to drive to Nashville. And, man, I just pulled my $20. I wadded up in a watt and threw it in the offering plate. I said, okay, God, there it is. If I starve, it'll be your fault. God's a big God. He can handle it. Are you with me? And I literally, they said, amen. I was walking to the parking lot to get in my car, and my small group teacher stopped me. She said, hey, months ago, you brought your boat, and we forgot to give you gas money. Here's a 20. And I learned that night I can trust God. So now when a $20, I, I don't think about 20 anymore, if I can be honest with you, because I remember being broke. I'm not broke anymore. I remember being poor when they cut my water off and cut my power off. I remember being poor when we didn't have insurance and I couldn't take my kids to the doctor. I remember those days. Are you with me? Matter of fact, for a while when we were in Jennings, Louisiana, by the way, I was tithing. Just because you tithe doesn't mean God's got to do something. We tithe because we love God and out of obedience to God. Amen? And so I told Michelle, I said, Michelle, I don't know what I've done, but I've come to the conclusion that God can't trust us with money. And she said, why would you say that? I said, because he doesn't give us any. <laughs> so, yeah, have you ever, you ever been there? And we were pastoring a church. It was growing. I was making $18,000 a year. Michelle was, was, was cleaning houses on the side, taking care of the three kids. I was building houses on the side. We were doing everything, trying to get that little church plant up and going. It was brutal. It was brutal. 
And I thought, God just can't trust. But you know what? We trusted God regardless of, see, faith is the evidence things hoped for, the conviction and things not what? Not seen. And so we decided we'd stay faithful. We quit giving 10% and we started giving 20. We didn't have enough anyway. What did it matter? <laughs> so we said, God, we believe you're real. We believe you, that we cannot give you. So we started giving 20%. Can I tell you the next week, did anything happen? No. Six months later, did anything happen? Nope. But you know what we were? We were faithful to God. We were faithful to God. And that church, they believed the old adage, Lord, we'll keep him poor, you keep him humble. Y'all ever been to that church? I pastored that church. And we kept growing and we kept sacrificing. And when we had to build a building, we gave my only thing that we had. We didn't have any money. We gave my 66 convertible Corvette. We gave it in that offering. We didn't have anything. And we were faithful. And God built the biggest church in that, in that region, in that county, had never seen anything like it. And then, because, listen, because we were faithful, God had a guy named Terry DuPont at a church plant in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, ring my phone. And this is what Terry said. We're looking for a pastor that we can bless. I'm looking for a church that blesses. <laughs> Are, you with? Are you with me? Are you with me? Come on. Because we were faithful. Luke chapter 6, verse 36 says this. Wow, I am just blowing it. Luke 6, 36 says this. Give, and it shall be given to you. You ought to memorize verses, by the way. This helps you. Give, and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by the standard that you give out, it will be measured back to you. Does that make sense? That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you reap what you? That's what God said. Let me give you the last words before God shut up for 400 years. Malachi chapter 3. Will a man rob God? People say, what? What do you mean robbing God? You are robbing me. How have we robbed you, God? In Now listen, I, I have to go over this all the time because people have changed. You believe the word tithing means give. The word tithing means 10%. Are you with me? That's what the word means. It doesn't mean I give. It means a tithe, the first part. He said, in your tithes and your what? Heart for the harvest. You are what? With a curse, for you are robbing me. The whole nation of you bring part of the tithe. Bring some of the tithe. Tithe when you feel like it. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Remember when the devil tempted Jesus and Jesus said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. There's one way God said you can test him. Test me now in this and see. Test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of what? Now, I don't know about you. Do you think heaven's broke? Do you think the angels are rubbing their hand trying to divide some fishes and loaves in heaven? Do you think God's about to run out? No, he said, I'm going to open the window of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it what? Until it flows over and you can not 
contain it. You say, no, wait a minute, that's Old Testament, Pastor. We don't have to tithe. Jesus said, red letters, after Malachi, the book of Matthew, verse 23, 23, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you what? Mint and dill and cumin. These are small herbs of a garden. That's how, that's how, how, how they broke their tithe down to the minuscule. And you have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without what? Neglecting the other. What's he talking about? Their tithe. You don't neglect your tithe, but you take care of faithfulness, justice, and mercy. Don't think just because you tithe, you don't have to worry about anything else. Now, some of you say, wait a minute, Pastor. That's not enough. I still don't believe in tithing. Okay, good. Good. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in generosity? Do you believe in generosity? Is generosity the heart of heaven? See, for God so loved that he what? That he gave. So you ask God every day to do stuff for you because you believe God is generous. So listen, don't be a tither. That's a minimum. Be generous. When you go eat a nice meal, you give 15%. I'm only going to give God 10. Somebody said, well, bring the tithe back. That's what I thought. So here we go, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you, let's, hey, let's scratch the tithe and go generous. I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap what? Some of you wonder, God, why don't you bless me because you're not generous? You're stingy and you're hindering the hands of God. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about health and all kind of stuff. Come on. Can we grow up? Are we okay? Is everybody all right? For each one must do as he purpose in his heart. Keep going to the next. Not grudgingly or under compulsion. Talk about giving. God loves a cheerful giver. Keep rolling. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness, and you will be enriched in how much? In what? For all liberality. Keep rolling. Which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. We're so grateful to God because God's been so good to us. Proverbs, the generous man will what? Prosperous. He who waters will himself be watered. I could go on and on and on and on. Here's the deal. God is calling you to action. You don't need to pray. You don't need to pray. You don't need to wonder. We're going to flip the ship. 25% tithe after this weekend, 75% are going to tithe. Are you with me? Come on. Come on. All right, that's a golf clap, but I'll take it. It's better than a shot in the head. Here's the deal. You say, why not 100%? Because about 25% of people come here are not believers yet. Keep your money if you're not a believer. Keep your money. We don't need non-believers supplying the money for the kingdom of God. Amen? But God is calling you to faith and obedience. Faith is stepping out, and faith is, is the evidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things, the assurance of things not seen. So the, here's the deal. It's amazing how most of the commands of God require faith to obey. If you're in the Bible reading plan with us right now, it's unbelievable. When God said every seven years don't plant, that means three years ahead to wait for harvest. Three years. He said, your land's going to do so much in the sixth year, you'll still be eating it when you, when you get the harvest from the eighth year. Or the, or the, yeah, the eighth year, because you don't plant in, in the seventh year, you plant at the end of the eighth year, it comes out in the ninth year. Everything God requires us to do, it requires faith. Does this, does, that, does this make sense? But many of us are overcome by fear, not faith. So my question to you is, do you have the faith to obey God this weekend? Not next weekend, not in, that, in the sweet by and by. Man, I mean, do you have faith to believe God? 
If you have faith to believe God, then we are going to flip the ship and we are going to move to. We're going to hit a new, we're going to hit a new normal, and our normal is going to be abundance at Faith Promise Church. It's going to be abundance at Faith Promise Church. Here's the, here's the deal. So take your card back out. Take your card back out. We have four levels of giving, I, and I always go through four. Listen, what am I ask you to do? If you're not a tither, I'm just going to ask you to step out by faith and mark that you're going to begin to tithe. And you're going to tithe, listen, not next weekend, not next month. You're going to tithe this weekend. Well, I'm not prepared. I, I didn't know. I know that. Doesn't matter. If, are, are you with me? If they kidnapped your kid, you'd find, a way to, you'd find a way this weekend to get money to get your kid out, wouldn't you? So listen, then let's be faithful to God. So I'm gonna, the, some of you, it, it's a beginner. You've never given, learner. You put God in your budget. But I'm asking you to step all the way up to a core, which is 10%. And some of you, the 10%ers, may want to check number four, which is a lavish giver. Are you with me? Take the card, fill it out, put it in the offering box. Because I'm going to pray over these cards for the next 90 days. As a matter of fact, if this is your first time or you've never been through this, go ahead and fill the card out. Tithe for 90 days. If you're not glad you tithe, we'll give all your money back. You can't do that. I've been doing it for 26 years. Nana, nana, a boo-boo. Because <laughs> I believe John 3.16, for God so loved the Lord who gave his own God's sin. I believe Malachi chapter 3, test me now on this, says the Lord, if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour the blessing such that it overflows or you cannot contain it. So if you're ready for a new normal, I'm not saying that you're going to get a raise tomorrow. I'm not saying that pennies are going to fall from heaven. I'm saying you're going to put yourself in a position of blessability. Amen? Is anybody with me? See, we've lost all that fervor, haven't we? We're sort of now, now. See, this is the deal. We love to sing about, give me faith, give me faith, give me faith. We love to sing and shout. Now, are we going to walk it out? We're going to flip the ship because let's think about it. Think about it. This is the deal. What will God do when 75% of us say, yes, we'll obey you, God, is the most difficult thing? What will God do? Holy moly. Holy moly. Or as my granddaughter says, a moly moly. (laughs) Here's the deal. I believe it's going to release a flood of heaven. And I don't even necessarily mean money. I'm talking about revival. Because revival rolls out in obedience. Just think, when we, just think when we have Easter, all those people that come lost to all of our campuses, and they're born again. Come on, I just see God moving. This, listen, I have never been more committed. It's time to step up by faith. So, God, we just, I ask you right now that at every campus, everybody would step up and step in. I know people don't have enough month to last, don't have enough money to last all month. I've lived it, God, and yet you always came first, and still today, you come first. Still today, you know where Michelle and I are, 20%. We started it when we were dirt poor, and God, it's still over 20%. And so, Father, would you raise a generous church? Would you raise a church that believes? God, I pray there'll be no needs at this church. I pray there won't be a financial need. We will meet every need. Because, they're, because as people bring their tithe into the storehouse, there'll be food to eat. There'll be provision for everything that is necessary. And, God, we will raise up and we'll be able to move out like we never have before. God, rebuke a spirit of poverty and give us a spirit of faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. now here's the deal. Come on, give the Hey, Amen. Give him praise. Yeah. So here's the deal.
Some of you are not, listen, I said 25% are not born again yet. Can, give, me, give me 60 seconds. I know I'm over time. And the worship team gave me more time, and I'm over time. It's like baloney, man. I can slice it off thick or thin. Man. You know, so here's the deal. There's, there's a percentage that come here, and you've not yet surrendered to Jesus. It's not about your money. It's about your heart. See, when you bow your knee to King Jesus, he gets all of you. In fact, we may just baptize you with your checkbook in your pocket. <laughs> it's not about your money. It's about your heart. That's what drives this church. You'll find out about in the next two weekends what drives us like you never have before in the next two weekends. Don't miss it. So we get ready for Easter. So right now, if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, with every head bow, every eye close, we're going to pray out loud with you a confessional prayer. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned more times than I can count. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Take over my life. I confess you as Lord. King Jesus, you died for me. You rose from the grave. And you've given me abundant life. Help me walk in faith. Help me to walk in obedience. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Give him praise, church, would you? Man. All right. All right, now fill the cards out. Drop in the offering box. Uh, uh, if you have not been to our Next Steps experience, it's next weekend. Uh, you can sign up in, on the card or go to our Next Steps area between the two center doors. Internet, you can go to the chat room or fill the card out. Somebody's waiting for you. Hey, God Behind Bars, we love you guys so much. We're so excited of where you were. By the way, last weekend, you know, remember I told you one of the guys said, I don't have a family. Another guy said, Pastor Josh, I need the address of Faith Promise Church. He said, are you going to write our pastor a letter? He said, no, I'm not going to write a letter. I need, now that I have a church, I've got to send my tithe somewhere. Come on. Come on. I'm not trying to shame you. I didn't even plan that. But if it works, that will be fine with me. <laughs> Step out in faith. Fill that card out. Give today. There's five ways to give. It's, they're on the, on the cards out there. We're about to rise up. See, everybody liked the book without, didn't we? It's, we're going to obey. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. Be blessed. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.